With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Drivers! Start your engines! Hit the pace car! What for? Because you hit every other damn thing out there, I want you to be perfect! When I'm driving, I got a guy on the radio who talks to me. It's him. He talks to me. Hey, race fans. Welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network. Welcome to the Drafting the Circus program. My name is Frank Santorowski. I'll be your host for the next hour as we talk about this past week in racing and racing news and preview next week. Joining me in the studio, as always, Louise Torres and Richard Uden. What's happening, guys? Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Still recover from a mosh pit concert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have to save that for a different podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, so. Formula One was in action uh, in Saudi Arabia for the first time at the Jeddah circuit um, uh, coming, coming out of the race. Uh, again, it was another win for Lewis Hamilton, the second place for Max Verstappen. So we've got our title rivals coming out of Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia dead, even in points going into the finale, which means it's pretty easy to see who's going to be the champion. It'll be the guy that finishes ahead of the other guy. And if both guys finish outside the points, uh, Max Verstappen wins the tiebreaker, um, which is, you know, led some people to to wonder if we'll see a Prost Senna kind of moment. But I, I, I don't think uh, we're going to see anything that wicked this day and age. However, uh, this particular race did have uh, a lot of oh uh, controversy, uh, controversial moments surrounding, you know, both in practice and qualifying and and during the race, uh, some discrepancies with penalties uh we had some uh harsh criticism about parts of the circuit and some blind corners uh and safety concerns so um we'll we'll try to dig into all that but uh first off richard let's uh talk about the 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 action on the track and the racing weekend itself yeah it's a shame we've only got an hour really this could probably take up a couple of shows but um yeah, first time at a new circuit, another new circuit. And, um, you know, the, there was a lot of concern going into it. I think, as you mentioned, you know, it's a, it's a street circuit, very tight walled circuit, and it's a very fast circuit as well. Um, you know, almost a little bit like Baku in a way, um, you know, with, with a very fast last couple of sectors there. Well, but in Baku, they are, they are pretty much dead straight with some very small kinks. These are fast flowing fast flowing corners and uh, you know a number of drivers had mentioned that you know they're basically flat out in those sections it's almost like a straight but they're blind you know two or three they've got two or three left hand flicks if you like flat out so if anything did go wrong ahead of them they have zero visibility zero chance to avoid the the accident but um you know as a one 
if you like, it's like a time trial circuit. The place was amazing. You know, it was seeing the drivers on the edge, pushing themselves to the limit. So qualifying were, was fantastic. Again, you know, Hamilton and Verstappen pushing each other to limit. And you know, going into Q3 on the Saturday afternoon, Hamilton had the had the edge with, with sort of Max left with one lap to go, and and, and Max was 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 ahead of Lewis by probably two tenths of a second coming into the final corner, and locked his his, his, his inside front left going into the final corner, and um, yeah, he didn't really back out of it, kept his foot in, and. Uh, you know, the back end stepped out and he, he caught the wall coming out the final corner and, and it didn't complete his his lap there, which demoted, or didn't demote him, but didn't advance him up the grid and he would be starting the race in, in, in third. Um, so, devastating blow for, for Verstappen in many, many ways. Um, you know, probably had huge ramifications from the rest of the weekend you know, from, from that point onwards. Uh, from a confidence level and from a you know, pure track position um, level, and you know we, we we talked about this on the show. When was the last time in a in a, in a race or you know qualifying that um, that Hamilton made a mistake of his own that resulted in him either not finishing or crashing or whatever it may be? Um, and you, you're going back almost to his McLaren days. You know, I was really struggling to think of a critical individual mistake that he's made um, and taken you know and, and crashed out. While he's been with Mercedes, obviously there's been a few incidences, but there's you know the two drivers been involved in those often. But you know Max made the mistake, and it, it did prove pretty costly. Um, and you know we'd seen in the the support races that weekend, there was lots of incidents, lots of red flags, a lot of safety cars. So it was it was pretty well established that we were going to see some incidents throughout the race. And uh, in all fairness, it was a pretty clean start. Um, you know, on the first start of the race there, and uh, um, you know, Hamilton was ahead, Bottas was second, I think, and then Verstappen third, and they sort of held position for for a good number of laps at the start of the race. And everybody was pretty well behaved, if you like. And then then Mick sort of span off, and uh, Mick Schumacher span and, and hit the wall pretty hard. Um, you know, Jed is one of those circuits where you don't have little accidents. You know, if you like Indianapolis in some ways, you know, if you have an off at Indianapolis, you know about it. The same way with Jeddah. If you have an off there, you, you're going to know about it. And um, it, it gave them, you know, I think they ran around for sort of three or four laps under the safety car and uh, the Mercedes, you know, pitted Hamilton and Bottas. And there was a lot, that was the first point of the race where I thought that there was some shenanigans going on, should we say, uh, you know, Bottas, really, really backed Verstappen up, really backed him up. Not only to give him, you know, obviously Bottas, the, the Mercedes cars were going to double stack with Verstappen and, and, and Bottas, but sorry, with, with Hamilton and Bottas. But, you know, so that's why he wanted to create a, a gap, but you only need to create really about a five or six second gap. And that wouldn't have been that hard on the safety car, but be interesting to see what the timing was. It was probably near a 10 or 15 second gap. And obviously Bottas was, was, either doing that under his own, um, you know, uh, own doing there, or the team were telling him to back him up as much as possible. And that that was a little bit, yeah, I didn't think that was quite right. Um, but Verstappen stayed out. He did the opposite to Mercedes, so he stayed out on the tyres. Um, and then just after uh, that, that um, you know, the decision to pit and not pit was, were made, 
the, the the stewards threw the red flag, which obviously all the cars go about pit lane and the red flag rules. Uh, the drivers can change tyres without penalty. So, so Verstappen had gained the track position with Hamilton and Bottas pitting, and then he was given the opportunity to change tyres basically free of charge. Now, the reason they do that, my understanding is that the concept and the notion is that when there's a red flag, it's because there's an accident and potentially debris on the track. And they give the opportunity to the drivers to change tyres under the red flag in case they have damage to the tyre. Um, so it's a little bit of a, you know, in all fairness, it was unfair on the um, Mercedes. They'd made the call to pit and Verstappen stood out and then Verstappen gets a free tyre change. Yeah, there were a few so, other a few other drivers that were vocal. I, I want to say yeah, uh, Lando Norris. Uh, Lando I, I want to say Mick Schumacher had mentioned that as well. That, that he, yeah, he didn't need to kind of change that because you know essentially any any you know benefit you got from from pitting when you pitted is gone because everybody gets a free tire change. Yeah, it is a difficult one. It's a difficult one because you know, the, the, the justification for allowing that tyre change in the red flag is one of safety. And what would happen if somebody did get a slow punch or they didn't, you know, didn't detect it and then they had to change tyres on the formation lap or whatever and went, you know, straight to the back of the field, back of the pack when it was caused by debris from another car under a red flag. It's, it's something that I think needs to be looked at somewhere and found a, a middle ground there. But um, coming into the, I guess what we call the second start of the race, um, you know, Hamilton had a great start uh, compared to compared to Verstappen, and uh, you know, Verstappen. You know, it, partially, Hamilton was very very slow on the lap to the grid. You know, they they sort of formation lap for for I guess they call it a safety car restart lap, not a formation lap. So again, Verstappen was complaining that hey, look, you know, Hamilton's like way behind me here so i've got to sit on the grid for a lot longer than i'd like to tires would cool and you know it protects effective start now whether maybe that was the cause that verstappen had a bad start and hamilton had a good start i'm not particularly certain but uh, um you know um hamilton got ahead of verstappen and then going into turn one it all got a little bit sort of elbows you know got out and verstappen cut the corner a little bit backed up uh, hamilton and ocon managed to get past hamilton and then uh, further back in the pack, I think it was Perez and Leclerc got together. Russell sort of spanned to try and you know try and avoid uh, Perez, and then Mazepin went into the back of uh, in, into into the back of Russell. I think it was. So he had three or four cars that cars out all there you know in one go, and uh, again we had another red flag. But this is where it, then it started to get a little bit sort of messy with the stewards. They. You know, they deemed that Verstappen had gained an advantage by cutting the corner at turn two. But of course, the red flag, they couldn't let Hamilton pass. So it was like, well, we need you to start in P3 behind Hamilton with Ocon starting on pole. So it was all, <laughs> it was just all a little bit messy. And, you know. Yeah, wasn't it, weren't they like trying to negotiate with the, hey, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll do this. Almost, you know, it's almost like, yeah. like let, let's make a deal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we, we, no. need to, we need to penalize you, Max, but let's let's figure out a way to make it so yeah. it doesn't hurt you too bad. Now, in, in all fairness, you know, a lot of people on social media and a lot of other platforms said, oh, this is ridiculous. Now, I don't know for certain, but I'm pretty certain this is sort of stuff's been going on for, for a number of years. 
the only reason we're sort of visual of it now is that uh, we have that team to FIA radio and uh, you know we 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 hear you know Toto and um, you know the team managers of Red Bull and Mercedes and these sort of got Ron Meadows and, and guys like that sort of talking to um, you know the FIA and um, you know trying to get you know sway the decision in their favor sort of thing. they're almost like lawyers really in many many ways but um, meanwhile Esteban Ocon and Alpine are just like having yeah, a sip of coffee like exactly. waiting. Yeah, yeah, they're sat there doing their thing, which was, you know, hey, have at it, boys. Um, as long as we're P1, it was all fine by yeah. me. Yeah, but then, you know, so, so then we eventually had a third start to the race. And, you know, Verstappen was in a position where he was leading from Hamilton and Ocon sort of dropped back, as you expect, and it all sort of sat there, stayed as quite a little bit for a while. And, um, you know, Hamilton started to push Verstappen quite hard there. and. Managed to get in the DRS zones a couple of times, and they got they, again. They got pretty close. Um, you know, I think probably going down into turn one and turn two there, and and Verstappen, you know, arguably left the track and gained an advantage by keeping Hamilton behind him. And either Red Bull or the FAA, you know, the, the, the timings of all this is key. Turned around and said, "Look, you know, you need to let Hamilton through," and then. While uh, the FIA were in the position to try and tell Mercedes, you know, Verstappen is going to let you through. On the back straight there, Verstappen was slowing down to allow Hamilton through. Now, the reason he picked that part of the circuit was that he would have got DRS assistance off Hamilton and been probably been able to pass him back down into turn one again. So Verstappen was playing the game. He's like, OK, I'm going to let you back through here but now I'm going to get the DRS activation and I'm going to be able to pass you again going down into turn one. Uh, but it, all the timing of this was so critical. You know, Hamilton never got the, the sort of, he didn't get the memo. And he suddenly confronted, you know, normally where you're doing 300 and something plus K, you know, a, a Mercedes doing 150 K and he's right in front of him. And, um, you know, what do I do? Where do I go? You know, it, there was a lot of confusion there. And, uh, and then they ended up touching Hamilton. Almost basically ran into the back of, um, of Verstappen. And, and the fact that both drivers were able to continue was, was phenomenal, really. Yeah, I, I thought, you know, Lewis was headed for a you know, new front wing. After yeah, that, you know, or, but, I mean, I was amazed that he didn't lose the suspension altogether. You know, a corner yeah. didn't get ripped off. Um, and, you know, obviously Hamilton's like, we brake checked me. Verstappen's like, well, I tried to let him through and he didn't, you know, I mean, in all fairness, you look on the, on the, the replays, there was plenty of room either side of Verstappen to, for Hamilton to make that pass. But obviously he didn't get the new, you know, didn't get the memo and it was, you know, a little bit disjointed. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. To Lewis's credit. Yeah. Had he known that, he was going to get a position back, you know, he wouldn't have it, you know, he would have expected um, Verstappen to slow down. But, but then again, the other thing is like, if you want the guy to go by, right. I, I you know, for, for Verstappen is, you know, dead in the middle of the track. Why wouldn't he move to one side or the other to, to give him. Yeah. And again, to your point, there was plenty of room on either side, but, but why not just go ahead and, and because that's kind of like, let me move over. That's almost a gesture instead of just, lifting off the uh, gas or 
you know, or yeah. or perhaps yeah, I mean, perhaps applying the break. You know, we I mean the FIA would have telemetry to know whether or not to there be, is, be applied there the break. Some, so there is some video showing it now. You yeah. know, again, it's it's he did apply the break, and you know, I'm sure because again, his priority that wasn't to let Hamilton through; it was to let him through and. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner be able to repass him you know rather than just oh through you go oh crap you got ahead of me now it's okay let you through now i'm going to get back ahead of you within the letter of the law so it it, you know anyway the race carried on and you know verstappen was ahead of hamilton and and, but verstappen had i think verstappen actually probably had more damage to his diffuser than hamilton had to his front wing we're making all this thing about hamilton's front wing and he did have an end plate that was leaning over but we've seen in the past these end plates a driver can drive around an end plate being missing because that just affects the balance of the car and the car will pull a little bit under braking or what have you when there's load on there because it's not perfectly symmetrical but again you know a world-class driver like Hamilton or any of the guys out there they can drive through that and we've seen Oh yeah, they can do yeah, fastest they, laps. Yeah, yeah they can yeah. make it, make adjustments for that. Yeah, and again, with, and there are but, so many aerodynamic components on the front wing. Yeah. You know, if you lose one or two, you still got all the others. Yeah, <laughs> so. but with a but with a damaged diffuser, you're going to really struggle. So, uh, you know, I, I firmly believe, actually, in some ways, that Verstappen was probably more hampered by the damage than uh, than Hamilton was. So Hamilton was able to get past Verstappen. They had a little bit of toing and froing there, but Verstappen was able to, sorry, Max was able to, yeah, good grief. Hamilton was able to pull away and win the race reasonably comfortably. And post-race, Verstappen ended it with a 15-second penalty, five seconds for um, you know gaining a, you know, leaving the track and gaining an advantage, which I think was on the second restart. And then he also got a 10 second penalty, I get, I think, for the avoidable, you know, avoidable contact with, with Hamilton when he was trying to let him pass. Um, but it, it certainly highlighted a lot of issues and, you know, the rate at which the, the speed of the sport is increasing in terms of decision making compared to the speed of the sport with which um, you know the stewards are able to make decisions and relay that information and do what they need to do. Um, and it's 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 just the nature of what it is. Um, you know, we you've got close hard racing, and unfortunately, you know these guys don't police themselves. You you do rely on stewards, and you do rely on individuals that. Um, make these calls and potentially their championship deciding decisions. Um, so it's, it's not a, not an easy job. That's, that's, that's for sure. But, no, and, um, and combined with the fact that there are so many variables of, of what can happen in any given yeah. situation, yeah. it's hard to have a, a hard and fast rule that will apply to every, you know, situation, you know, this is, yeah. and what, and you, you know, what, 
improving your position. What exactly is improving your position? Yeah, you know, exactly. Sometimes you know, it's quite clear. Sometimes it's a little muddy. Yeah, you, know? you you pass somebody off track, or you don't lose a position off track, sort of thing. Right. But right. I think there's I think there's 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 two big things we've got to look at here in in, in many many ways. Um, one of them is 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 you know period the 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 track layouts. Um, you know, basically, the only thing that defines the tracks on a lot of these circuits um, is is a, is a you know, line of paint. You know, gone are the days of gravel runoffs and and catch fencing and stuff like that. Yeah, the black forest. Yeah, we don't yeah. want to go yeah. back to the we don't want to go back to the eighties where you have like five, ten rows of catch fences that are no, in the gravel. No, no, or but, or especially hay. No, we don't want hay. No. Hay bales. Yeah, yeah. we don't yeah, want. Yeah. You know, again, or we don't want trees or no. or, or the the harbor lakes <laughs> <laughs> or or highway but, guardrails that won't protect yeah. the driver's head like a couple of people no. at Watkins Glen. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, you, 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 you're right. But I think that we need to look at penalizing drivers in the moment for leaving the track, rather than having to, um, you know, be in a position where they can can maintain or or, or gain an advantage by leaving the track. Uh, but then again, it's difficult because you can argue what was if somebody's forced off the track and they get, you know, a wing knocked off or a wheel knocked off or, you know, go through the gravel when it's not their fault. Well, that's, you know, probably the lesser of two evils here, I think. I think we really need to go back and look quite closely at how we design these tracks and, you know, how we put ourselves in a position whereby um, the, the driver is penalized on the spot for leaving the track exactly yeah, we um, can't, you can't do you know you can't really take your time with it you know it's you know gone are the days when we'll say well you know the results will be official monday morning you yeah know, exactly and, and we're here and now the next day. Well, yeah and we're, you need to you know you need to know in a lap almost because the race is so fast and things are changing in real time oh yeah yeah but, yeah by the know, time you tell a guy to, to give a position back the other guy might be 10 seconds up the road you know? you know, it's like it's, it's like the old TV show 24, isn't it? You know, <laughs> all events happen in real time. And, uh, you know, it is, uh, you know, you, you don't have time to sort of really sit down and think about it, especially when it you know has potentially such huge ramifications on the championship. Um, so they, they, they are it's, it's a very, very difficult job, but I think they need. You know, to look at how they design the circus and how they do that, the, which will make the job easier for these guys and easier for the students because it's undoubtedly a thankless task you're going against the world's best drivers who know every trick in the book and can push it to the extremes and um yeah it's difficult you know it really is there's no golden you know no golden answer to this one it's, yeah, and, it's gonna take time no matter what you decide the the other guy's are not going to be happy you know, yeah, exactly. or, or the fan, no, no. or the fans of the other guys. So, but the other thing yeah. I wanted to talk about beyond all the penalties, there were, uh, I read a couple of uh, things from some folks who felt that uh, another thing along with the diffuser that really hampered um, for stopping was the curious choice to run the entire race on medium tires. 
Uh, well, you have to have changed the tire compounds at some <coughs> point during the race, weren't they? Um, well, or, so I guess or, or he, he took mediums at the wrong time. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if somebody yeah, was trying to, was, yeah, was trying yeah, to over a, overanalyze it or, or whatnot. But uh, yeah, there was a I, time I period where they that, did yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there was that point where they had got that free tire change under the um, uh, first safe, first safety car. Um, yeah, they they were allowed to change that. And actually, I must admit, the race was so hectic, I wasn't able to keep track of where at what point you know the Red Bulls actually did change tire compound. I'd have to look at the pit stop charts uh, to, to see when they went on from mediums to hards because I. Unless they started the race on hards, which maybe they did, uh, but then that would have meant the Mercedes started on soft. I don't know. I'd have to have a look at that. It's an interesting point, but uh, it's kind yeah. of hard to believe we're talking about pit stops almost as an afterthought with these red flags and that rule. At this moment, do you be honest with you to keep? I feel like repairing the car is one thing, but tires kind of. I don't know. I I'm not on the favorable side on changing tires under red. May, because, but also you got to consider sometimes it could be weather conditions as well. You know, you could well, have aside a for downpour, weather, yeah. But, but, how, be, but again, but again, it's it's again that's a gray area. Whose call is that, and who who makes that decision? That is very true, and also just to talk about the pace, the safety car needed to get going for tire grip. It's like. People don't realize that's not a new thing. It's been a thing for many, many years. I mean, you want to go back to 94. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Imola. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. When for sure, Angelelli yeah. as, the, as the driver was going oh, real yeah. slow. Yeah, it's not easy. Oh, goodness me. No, 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 no. It is, it is not easy. And to a certain extent, they've got to go, you know, as they did mention during the broadcast, you know, they've got to go slow to give the time for the track workers however is to you know you've got to give them a couple of minutes without cars driving past them to make the changes and make the track safe from the point where they were, were dealing with the specific incident so i think it's i think that's something that's the same for everybody and i think they've just got to accept it i just think it's one of those things that the drivers like to bitch about for the sake of bitching about it now what you could arguably do is have a situation where you know, once the safety car leaves, maybe have another lap where they can, you know, go at 80% speed rather than the 40% like you have on a virtual safety car or whatever it is. You know, go, you know, allow the lead car to be the safety car and drive at a faster speed, but allow them to, you know, get the temperatures back in the tires and the brakes and the pressures correct and all that sort of stuff. So maybe, I don't know, maybe I've just come up with an amazing idea and I need to give... Uh, Stefano Dominicalia call and uh, you know pitch that one to him. Yeah, give it a shot. Yeah, can't you know can't hurt there. <laughs> you've got his, you you you've got his number, haven't you, Frank? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Him and I text all the time. Yeah, so. I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about some of the other uh, folks in the in the race here. Mm-hmm. Um, again, a good good run for uh, Ocon in the Alpha. Yeah, he just pipped on the line there by Bottas. So, yep, yep. so the, the combination of Bottas, Verstappen, and Hamilton is now the most common podium in Formula One. I think they've shared a podium 20 times between them, you know, all three of them on a podium in different positions, which is quite an incredible, um, incredible uh, you know, stat. Incredible yeah. Well, I mean, really, yeah. Uh, and yeah, and, and, yeah and, 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 you know, Max hasn't even been around that long, you know, when you, when you consider. 
I mean, no. he's been, I mean, seven seasons in Formula One. Yeah, it's been, it's yeah, just, well, yeah, he hasn't I mean, been there yeah. quite long. As far, though, but you, for sure, and like, I think when you look back at it, people will think, Wayne and Wilson, retrospectively, maybe many people will think, okay, wait a minute, Baltas is actually in the record books for something noteworthy? Because no. That's a bit harsh on the guy. I think he's a damn good driver. It's just, no, he is. He's, no, there's he's some come up with arguably. Well, yeah, and that's ignorance, I think, from many people, you know, who question Bottas's ability. At the end of the day, he's come up against a guy who is will probably go down in the record for, books in our lifetime anyway. No, the most dominant no, driver sure. in Formula 1. And he um, had his, he did like I know we harp on the guy all the, every now and then, but I feel like this one, some people will say, "Oh, he finally showed up." But that one, he did what he had, he did what Paris was has unable to do all season. Yeah, I mean, be but, 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 the number two guy that delivers yeah. when it matters most, and with that, Bottas is certain in the championship, no matter what happens now. Yeah, Bottas, I think in all fairness, has outperformed Perez in that number two role. You know, fundamentally, oh, that, if you compare, no, I said that. To, I, if you compare the two, that race alone, um, yeah. And so, I think there's been a number of occasions this season where Bottas has really stepped up and uh, you know been been a rival. I mean, you know, look at um, at, 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 at Turkey. You know, we dominated that race. You know, arguably, he said at the time his best race in Formula One. You know, the, the way he dominated that race, and and sometimes it just clicks with a guy, and you know, that's the difference. It's any but any any driver you know, in Formula One, no matter who it is, can have their day in terms of performance. And they just get that rhythm with the circuit. You know, some circuits just suit them. Bottas is, you know, Sochi. Sochi's Bottas' circuit in many ways. It just suits his eye and it, you know, it, it fits into his, his, the way he likes to drive. And you've seen his performances there have been dominant at times. Um, but that's the big difference. You know, guys like Hamilton and Verstappen and Schumacher and some of these guys, they can win on a bad day. You know, if Hamilton, if, if sorry, if Bottas has a bad day, he's fourth or fifth. If Hamilton has a bad day, he can still win the race because his level is so much higher than everybody else's. And uh, yeah, we're, you know, again, we talked about it. We're very fortunate to have these two guys out there that are, are pushing each other to some incredible levels of performance. And, you know, you see at the start of the race when Bottas, when, sorry, when uh, Hamilton and Verstappen get out there, you know, they're, they're riding, you know, P1, P2, they can be, a second, a second and a half, two seconds a lot faster than anybody else, and they just stretch it, you know, at a phenomenal rate because they're just on, they're, they're, both of them are just on another level. Amazing. Because, really. I mean, you know, I mean, just look no farther than the fact that, you know, Verstappen was given a 15 second penalty post race and didn't lose second yeah. place because him and no. Lewis, him and Lewis were that far clear of, of the rest. And it was, and it was the rest of them. A, it was only a just over a half distance race because, you know, on lap. 15 or so or 20 whenever it was there was a restart so you know that you started at zero you know not on lap one on lap 15 or whenever that restart or the third start was yeah yeah so and and they yeah those guys are making them incredible amounts of ground so yeah again this is uh and they hit each other and they hit <laughs> each other yeah for the for the third time this year thankfully yeah. fortunately so. both of them we're still running at the end, not both out or one or the one out and one remaining. Yeah. So they are, yeah they've so. gotten better about, 
hitting each other without without consequences. <laughs> They've gotten better at hitting each other. That's uh, that's a quote for the record books. There, I like that. <laughs> Much to the chagrin of Toto's Bose headphones and Karen, I mean Christian Horner's <laughs> chagrin. No, this yeah. literally it's literally trending on Twitter every now and then. They just started calling Christian as a Karen because of how he just. Be you know how he is, but yeah, yeah. Sometimes can you just one of those can you blame him moments, and there's others like yeah, we've heard enough of you. Just yeah, just, just just stop, just stop. Yeah. So okay, so this leads to a very daunting task for both of these guys uh coming into the next race in uh, Abu Dhabi. Is that this coming weekend, or do we have a week yep. off? Yeah, it's this yep. weekend. All right. So this weekend we're going to Abu Dhabi, and essentially whoever finishes ahead of the other guy is the world champion. Yep. I've got to put the advantage in uh, Lewis's hands because, well, number one, he's been there before um, seven times. He's uh, come successful uh, at winning the championship. Um, he's been really on his game this last uh, stretch of races here. He's won, what, the last three or four? Uh, last three, I think, yeah. Last three, yeah. But, so, uh, so he's got the momentum uh, on his side. He only won last two, but yeah, he's dominated those last two. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you gotta, you know, and he, and he's, he's seemed to have the upper hand in qualifying recently as well. Uh, it just seems like whatever, you know, Mercedes is doing where it looked like earlier in the season, Red Bull had the better car. I think that, that, uh, Mercedes has tipped that scale back, uh, in their favor. So, uh, but, but again, you know, you know, Max is, uh, but when, when Max is on, he's on. So, oh, yeah. uh, you know, and I think this is going to be, uh, uh, yeah. And a lot of people are worried that we're going to have a, uh, a moment where the two take each other out or where Max tries to deliberately take Hamilton out or, or one of the other Red Bull hired guns being the two Alpha Tory drivers and Perez try to take Hamilton out, which I, or I, uh, you know, know I, Norberto Fontana has slowed him down. Well, I mean, that's that's one thing slowing them down. Taking them out is another. You know what I mean? And I don't I, I can't see that happening intentionally this day and age because it'll put such a black mark on Verstappen's first championship. You know, uh, th- you know, th- this day and age where where people are so uh, quick to criticize and everybody in the world has a voice now, thanks to social media. Uh, you know, you say because you know, there have been sketchy moments with Prost and Senna. There have been sketchy moments with uh, was it Schumacher and Villeneuve? Schumacher, yep, Villeneuve, yeah, Schumacher yeah. Hill. Yep. Schumacher Hill. Yep. So uh, there have been sketchy moments with Fangio back in the fifties, where you know he just just say if I, if I you know if I you know if I if this guy doesn't finish, I don't have to win, you know, and you know so. Uh, but I, I yeah, don't. I, mean, I, or I don't. Schumacher, Alonso, Rosberg, Hamilton. Yeah, but I don't see that happening this day and age. I think Red Bull will want to win it fair and square. I think Max Verstappen will want to win it fair and square. And, and you know, I, I can't imagine a scenario where a let's take Hamilton out comes up in their game plan. But yeah, maybe, uh, maybe that's just me being optimist. But, uh, yeah, I don't see that happening. But, again, I, I, I do lean towards advantage Lewis. And my scenario, yes, I think you're 
you're right in that regard, even though you got there's even over Verstappen is entering that race as the defending Grand Prix winner at Abu Dhabi because he won the finale. But that whole circumstance was so different because Hamilton had already locked up the championship. So maybe at 100%, he wasn't going for it. Where in this race, you have to go 100%. And the odds for Verstappen winning the championship is in his favor should both of them have problems because he owns the tiebreaker 9-8. to eight. For Hamilton to win a championship, he clearly has to beat Verstappen no matter what. But I think he has a good chance, but like you guys have said, Mercedes just have the advantage. I think Hamilton pulls uh, the rally and gets that eighth championship. And I see that as a Mercedes sweep, but just this in mind, should Verstappen win the world championship, but Mercedes lock up the constructors, which is pretty much all but locked up at this point. 2008 was the last time we saw two different champions, correct? Sounds about right. I believe Ferrari, so. Yeah, that Ferrari, was when, uh, Ferrari, Ferrari, Ferrari won, won the yeah Ferrari won the constructors championship and Hamilton won the drivers championship. So, yeah, it's been a grand while since so we saw two different champions, and that's what that's there's a very good chance it'll happen. But will it? I don't think so. I think Hamilton pulls it off. They just have the momentum in their favor right now. Yeah. Yep, and and if it if it happens that neither guy score points and we end on the tie, Verstappen wins it nine Verstappen to eight. Verstappen wins it nine to eight, but but you got to consider that Spa win is garbage. You know what I mean? Uh, That's just an asterisk in my mind that the Spa race was not really a race. You know, and I know they no, only, they, only, they only were given half points, but but he's given full credit for a win uh, when it comes to the tiebreaker. So that's. It's basically how you qualify to reward that. I think people yeah, can agree. Yeah. George Russell podium is a good consolation reward for having a strong qualifying effort that some people thought should have won pole, but he was just out beaten pace wise. But we'll we'll never know. But it's in the books. But apparently, one red flag isn't in the record books. All of a sudden, oh, so. Yeah, but thankfully, I, I think the odds of both guys finishing out of the points are, are you know, astronomical. So I I, yeah. I, I don't think we'll see it. I end, hope it end, does end, Ending on the tiebreaker, yeah. So. Because if it does happen, if it's, like, deliberate or not, then you got to think, what will the FIA do? Because they were quick on disqualifying Michael in 97. Will they yeah. do something similar? I hope it does not come down to that. I really hope because this has been a phenomenal season and with the events that's happened the this past race in Jetta, it's kind of teeter-tottering in a way. There was like, there's some blemishes or there's just part of the mind games that bring some blemishes, some sort of eye opinions on other pe- on some people. Yeah, yeah, but I don't, Yeah, again, I think all that is just I, I don't talk. I think we'll have a I don't want to say we'll have a clean race, but I don't think we'll see a dirty race. We might see a little no. wheel banging, but just in the spirit of trying to overtake, not in the trying in the spirit of trying to take somebody out. So, so Richard, what's your uh, what's your thought on the uh, the the outcome of the championship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is it. it it's uh, it's so close, isn't it? I mean. You couldn't put a cigarette paper between them, really, could you? Uh, I think that when you look at it, 
I think you'd have to put the advantage and momentum and experiences certainly in Hamilton's corner. But then there's been races this year where you you uh, would have expected, you know, Hamilton or Bottas to, or sorry, Verstappen to have struggled in the turn and won the race. So um, I think there's, there's certainly, you know, it could go either way. But as I think if you're putting your logical hat on, I think you've got to say Hamilton. I think if you, you, you're talking from your heart, you'd probably love to see Verstappen win because, you know, the guy's been phenomenal this year at times. So it's a, you know, six or one half a dozen is the other, I think, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we'll just have to watch the race on Sunday and see, right? Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. indeed. I wonder what the, what the Vegas odds makers are putting the, uh, I think Hamilton would probably be slight favorite. I will find out for you. Okay. And not that I'm putting any money on the race. No, um, because <laughs> oh, we're, oh, not that we're providing any gambling, <laughs> um, you know, advice, yeah, yeah. So, while Richard's looking that up, let's talk about some of the other news around the racing world. We had IndyCars t- testing in Sebring, and we had uh, four guys that are coming out of Europe all in uh, IndyCars this weekend. We had Callum Eilat, who was uh, locked in to drive for Junkos Hollister next year or Hollinger. Um, and, uh, they reveal their new livery, which is, uh, it's a very nice white, black, and green livery, uh, although it is devoid of a primary sponsor. Uh, but, but again, you know, my understanding is that, uh, uh you know, Mr. Hollinger has plenty of money for now, but, uh, you know, I do hope that they find a partner to come on board because that'll make things easier. So, uh, uh, Callum was in there, uh, Nick DeVries, the reigning formula E champion, was there behind the wheel of the um, Michael Shank car, and uh, for for his for his part, um, he uh, he was the fastest of the four. Um, he said said he enjoyed the car, enjoyed the challenge of the car. Now we do know that Nick is contracted uh, for one more year in Formula E. Uh, of course, the Formula E season ends in August, uh, which literally opens him up for some. Indy car starts in, in somebody's third car. Um, should they decide to enter one uh, in the later portions of the season? And, you know, we've seen that before. And uh, Michael Shank is kind of open. He hasn't closed the door uh, on a third car because, you know, they somebody asked, well, where, you know, where, what are you going to do with the guy? Because uh, Shank was quite impressed with him. He says, and Shank's exact words where he says, I never said I wouldn't run a third car. So, so there you go. Um, Stoffel Van Dorn was in the McLaren car. Um, we do know that, uh, McLaren does want to expand to three cars by 2023. Um, Stoffel is well known to the McLaren folks, having driven for them in formula one for a while. Uh, he also, uh, really enjoyed the test, enjoyed the feel of the car, um, enjoyed the challenges of the car, you know, how heavy the steering was and, and, and those sort of things that a lot of these guys that come over from, Europe mentioned. So, uh, again, you know, you might want to just pencil him in to perhaps make an appearance late in the season after the formula E season ends. And then the last guy there was uh, Jack Aiken, a British driver who's, uh, most recently running in formula two. He's got, he's got one formula one start to his credit. I think he filled in yep. for, um, filled George in at- Russell for the secure grand prix. Right, yeah, right. Williams test driver, yeah. yeah, because that's when Russell filled in for Hamilton, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if I recall, 
No, was it Latifi who had these who brought up the safety car that kind of led to that whole tire fiasco? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Can't quite yeah. remember. I just was reading that 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 you know uh, I had forgotten that Aiken actually had one Formula One start with the Williams. So uh and he I didn't I didn't read a lot about his uh his his times or his experience on the thing, but he was in the Ed Carpenter car. And and we do know that Ed Carpenter is searching for some funding. Having lost the uh, the uh, military sponsorship with the Air Force, um, you know they, you know, decided to go a different direction with uh, military sponsorships. So that money's gone. Ed is actively seeking a paid driver. We can assume that uh, Aiken's probably got some money. Um, so that's a possibility that he winds up there. You know, the other guy that uh, has tested in the Carpenter car is Ryan Hunter Ray. And the interesting note is that after the Ryan Hunter Ray test, um, Ed Carpenter had mentioned he wasn't going to burn any more test days until he had something solid as far as a driver is concerned. And then, you know, he does the total 180 here and he's testing Aiken. Uh, so this makes you wonder if there's maybe a, an agreement in principle already and as far as funding. Uh, or not, nobody's, if there is, nobody's saying so. I'm just speculating there uh, because, uh, you know, when Ed said, I'm not going to burn any more test days until I know who's driving the car, and now suddenly we're burning burning a test day, there must be something more to it other than just evaluating the driver. So uh, that'll that's a developing story that uh, remains to be seen. Um, in, in other news, Speaking of, real quick, speaking of, uh, we talked about Secure Grand Prix. There's something that we forgot to mention as far as the Jetta racing. Another, of course, along with Aiken and, no, not Enzo, I'll lead up to Enzo. I mean, Pietro Fittipaldi also drove that F1 race for Grosjean. Pietro's brother Enzo is still recovering from injuries from that rather horrific Formula 2 feature race accident where Teo Porcher who was a standout in Formula 3, who actually probably had the more impressive drive in the finale, where he, Piastri, Oscar Piastri and Lorgan Sargent were in that title mix. He, his car just didn't get going. He got completely drilled, in the, drilled by Fittipaldi. For Porsche, he looks like he's going to be okay. The timetable of whether or not he's going to run the final Grand Prix weekend is yet to be seen. But for Fittipaldi, he took... He, took a pretty good it was not a pretty incident when you look at how bad it was for him as far as like his injuries concerns that that he must it must have been a pretty significantly violent impact yeah what yeah what i've read is a fractured ankle uh which is which is something that can take quite some time to heal uh and and you know you want your you know you don't want your feet and ankles to be in good shape when you're driving a race car so yeah certainly wish him well and again this is um this is not the first time we've seen it I mean, it's in similar to what happened to Pietro Spa. It took them a while to get fully recovered as well. Leg related injury as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Enzo Fittipaldi is Emerson Fittipaldi's grandson and his brother is Pietro Fittipaldi. And, and, you know, there's another Fittipaldi out there, Emmo Fittipaldi, who is Emerson Fittipaldi's sons. Emerson Fittipaldi has a son who's younger than his grandchildren. Mo's got that that late in life boy, who and, and that kid is that <laughs> that kid, yeah. And there are a lot of fitapalities out there, you know, between uh between Emerson and Wilson and and uh, you know a lot of them a lot of them out there driving cars. But uh, Emerson's youngest, uh, 
who he calls Emmo, is um, he's running, I think, Formula Four this year. The, the kids, uh, and 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 that kid's got some talent too. So it, it's just you know it. You know, when you think about racing families, you know, everyone talks about you know, the Andretti's, the youngsters and whatnot. But, uh, you know, consider how many Fittipaldi's we've seen come through, you know, between, you know, between Emerson, Wilson, Christian, Pietro, Enzo and Emmo, you know. So uh, so I, I really wish a speedy recovery for um, for Enzo. Yeah. yeah, because that was a yeah, it was a pretty big impact. It was, a, it was a big hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It just we knew like the Fittipaldi was very concerning because he was the one who hit him. Because so, I mean, when you run over the back of someone, you don't know the extent of the injuries. I mean, you look at the one junior formula driver from England lost his leg from it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. The, um. Uh, what what was that kid's name? Uh. Billy Johnny? Monger. Billy Monger. Billy yeah. Monger. Yeah. And he's he's back racing. You know, albeit with uh hand controls and whatnot. And I don't know how far that'll get him. He's actually a, um, he's actually a, he does coverage and punditry for the UK terrestrial F1 coverage. Channel four, I think. Yeah. 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 Oh, good on, good on him. Yeah. But he's, he's done some racing and he's, he's actually won a few races post injury. So, uh, I mean, you got to admire that guy for going on, you know, um, you kind of like, uh, um, you know, it, Alex Zanardi in that sense where you, where you just kind of don't let something that devastating uh, keep you away from your passion. So, yeah, yeah it's just yeah. done. I mean, now we're talking about, I brought up Pietro's ball injury. Also Christian had like related injuries as well. at surface paradise that knocked him out for half the year. At cart. It's kind it, of a it's, it's kind of yeah. sad trend, honestly, now the more I think about it. But yeah, uh, yeah, wasn't it, it, it okay? Wasn't it leg injuries that ended Emerson Fittipaldi's career at Michigan? I forget if I if think it was. was now that you say that, so so the curse of the Fittipaldi legs. This is something that sad, needs but, to be written about because it's a sad, eerie thought that I'm just thinking about. It's like there is something it's like Pietro Spa, Enzo at Jetta, Christian at, at Surface Paradise, and Emro at Michigan. All right, so let's not well, let's, let's let's not hope well, let's yeah, hope Wilson yeah, let's, didn't have any related injuries of yeah, that uh, cross on that. Let's uh, not let's not talk well, ourselves into a conspiracy theory. Let's uh let's no, it's just on. a bad it's just a sad sudden trend that I'm realizing, but yeah, yeah. So but let's let's be curious on. to see, yeah, let's we're talking about IndyCar briefly. It's curious to see as far as the Aitkins thing, it'd be interesting if he ends up going to IndyCar because that's another Jew junior formula driver making a jump to IndyCar. Yeah. 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 Be another guy, another guy coming out of Europe. Yeah. Cause we've already got, uh, Oh, oh what's his name going to uh, Ray Hall. Uh, Christian Lungar. Christian Lungar. Right. And Callum Eilat is going to be in the Yukos car. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. This, uh, seems like uh, formula two has been a nice breeding place for, um, for, for Indy, Indy, for Indy yeah. car drivers. Yeah. I mean, the whole, when you figure that we canceled the whole Indy lights season last year, so we didn't have any Indy lights graduates in 2021. So you've got some of these other guys coming out, but you know, Indy lights 2021 had a season. Kyle Kirkwood is going to be driving 
uh, at, least for, part, at least for Foyt the whole year. Yep, you got, got a full full time deal with Foyt alongside Dalton Kellett, who's just been confirmed uh, full time in that car, uh, which is nice for AJ because, um, you know, Kellett is fully funded uh, with the K line sponsorship. So they'll be on board again. This will be this will be third season for Dalton and uh, see if he can improve, see if the team can improve. So, but uh, so let's talk about, uh, we got a few minutes left. We've got about 15 minutes left. So let's talk about some changes in NASCAR, which uh, there was a, the big story this week is that Richard Petty has sold the majority interest of uh, Petty Enterprises to um, what's it called? Uh, CG. No, it's not GMS. GMS, GMS, GMS. Yeah, I got confused. We were talking about Ganassi earlier today. Yeah, so it's called Petty GMS Racing now. The drivers will be um, Eric Jones and Ty Dillon uh, will be in, in those two cars. The cars will be numbered 42 and 43. If you recall, 42 was an old Petty number. Uh, then was a Sabatis number. Then it was most recently a Chip Ganassi number. And, of course, with Chip uh, selling his team, off uh, at the end of last year, that number is available. So we'll have the 42 and 43 um, Petty cars and Petty is himself. Well, he's, he's not going to be fully active with the team. He's still considered a director. I believe is what I read. Does that sound right? Good enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, cause there was some early talk that he would be totally disassociated with the team and his name would be removed. But it turns out that's not the case. You know, it's going to be um, the petty name is still going to be there. The petty numbers will still be there. Um, but whether or not we see Richard's involvement a lot. But I, I mean, you know, for what it's worth, Richard hasn't really been the majority owner for a couple of years anyway. Oh, yeah. It's been since the merger. Yeah. Days yeah, of so. 2008. In fact, actually, in fact, he'd been. At the at the very end of the throughout the two thousands, it was kind of like a Richard and Kyle Petty effort between whether they're separate teams or all back into one. Because it used to be a one point PE two, which was Kyle Petty's side of the race team, before it just became Petty Enterprises again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bit of a muddled past, but it all you know it all kind of kind of blends together, but. um yeah, so I mean, I wish them success. I mean, Eric, Eric Jones is a heck of a driver. I, I do like that guy quite a bit. Um, Ty Dillon has a lot of potential. Uh, so let's see what they can do. Um, you know, hopefully, the, the merger of the two teams can can only make them stronger because now you've got uh, you're talking about two one car teams merging into one two car team. So you we've got the opportunity to you know share information, share data, you know, move into one shop. So uh, let's see how that works out for them. Yeah, be curious to see for sure because Ty Dillon. And GMS was already established. It was going to be initially the 94 car with them as their own entity with now tie as the 42 and an affiliated with Petty. It should be a good, it should be an interesting, unique dynamic for between those two. And it is, it's important to know it's going to be Petty GMS and cup only in the truck series is still going to be GMS racing with two trucks set to be established for next year. Right. Well, Petty didn't have a truck team to begin with, right? No. So, so yeah. So there's there's no need to move that name over to the truck side of the operation. No. So yeah. So, but but again, you know, Richard Petty is not totally disassociated 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 with the team as <laughs> originally reported. So 
but yeah, we wish them well. And, and again, there were some comments from uh, Justin. Um, uh, who's the guy that bought an nasty team? Justin Marks. Justin. Yeah, Justin Marks. Right. Yeah. He, and he said uh, he made some really interesting comments about this being just just the right time to, you know, for startup teams with everything getting set to change in the sport, you know, with uh, with new tracks and new cars and whatnot. And he's really, really looking uh, to make an impact this year. So I just I mean, I like this guy's energy and I like this guy's attitude and I really wish him well. No, for sure. Even before your track house became a thing, he has some thought provoking insights and thoughts on Twitter to make me think there's a good chance. I would not be surprised if Marks ends up an owner at some point. And it looks like his the perfect time. I mean, not just teams coming up, but because you're obviously going to see his house, Hazelberg with Hazelberg with Jacques Villeneuve involved with that team. Louis Hesimas, I apologize if I butchered your name. And also you've got drivers moving up from one division to the other. It's in Todd Gilliland, who that is another news to be com- that's confirmed that Todd Gilliland will go from the truck series to the cup series with front row motorsports. That, that very team he's competed the last two years in trucks. Because if Gilliland go into the cup series, that gives Zane Smith a ride because he was a free agent after this season from GMS. Now he'll be driving for front row full time in 2022, which will be, which is a nice grab, a nice ad for him. And as far as Gilliland going for trucks to cup, I mean, with the new car, it's not the worst decision out there. Is he ready? Time will ultimately tell because this is the fourth time in as many years front row has brought in a rookie to the cup series and in one of their cars. 2019, it was Matt Tiff. He didn't last long because of health issues, so his career was cut short. Now he's obviously co-owner with BJ McLeod and LiveFast. 2020, John Hunter Nemechek. He was doing he was serviceable, but he was involved. He was incident prone a lot. He went back to the truck series with Kyle Bush Motorsports, where he'll be back in 2022. And then obviously Todd Gilliland replaces Anthony Alfredo, who barely finished in the top 30 in points, has had a, an appalling season. So the fortunate news for Gilliland is a multi-year deal. And he's also the first former West Series champion to go to Cup full-time since Brennan Gong in 2004. So I've been very high on Todd Gilliland from the very, for a long, long time. I'm hoping he has a pretty good rookie year. But you're talking about a rookie class that has Harrison Burton and Austin Sindrick. So the task is insurmountable as far as him winning rookie of the year. But the most important thing is gaining experience. Like everybody is going to need to gain experience on this new car. So yeah, everyone's going to need game. But yeah, but to your point, yeah, between Harrison Burton and uh, certainly Austin Cindric, who's in the Penske car, yeah, those guys are going to be tough to beat for Rookie of the Year honors. But oh yeah, you for know, sure. especially and the real, especially when we're talking about a team that really struggled last year. Yeah, and a quick add on to Todd, he's felt much at home with front row because if you'll remember back when he was driving for Kyle Busch they, they weren't they weren't certainly not having cookies at, at meetings like what Rick Hendrick would do when there's a conflict going on to the point that obviously when I was responsible for in line and bringing up the the comments about what he's Todd said to Kyle Busch about the motorhome thing that kind of blew up for about a night or two so yeah so 
going to front row, which his dad David was throughout his cup career, they pretty much he felt like he's more accepted and belonging. He's actually gotten better about he actually been improving over time. In fact, had he won Phoenix, he would have given Front Row Motorsports the Truck Series owners championship. So they see something in him. We'll see if going to Cup will be more adaptive because some drivers just do well in trucks. Some just are don't have an act for trucks, but do better in the fully fledged stock cars like Harrison Burden. When he went to Xfinity the past couple of years, he showcased why people sought highly of him. Whereas the trucks, he was just mediocre at best. Yeah, I always find that odd because I you you think that you know underneath the body, the 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 truck and the Xfinity car are quite similar, but 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 really, like to your point, there are guys that really excel in the trucks that don't do much elsewhere, and there are guys that struggle in the trucks that once they get to the the car bodies do well, and I don't you know, I don't really have an explanation for that, you know. Or sometimes they just feel like they're ready or they feel like there's just the opportunity is there is just give them a shot. And sometimes like with Kurt, like with Kurt Busch, when he went from trucks to straight to Winston Cup, sure, his rookie year was an absolute dumpster fire of an experiment. Like every rookie not named Kevin Harvick had in 2001, but they felt like he was ready for the task to go to Cup. I'm curious because I've heard I've heard also that the front row was sort of getting another driver, but that kind of fell through. But they ultimately went with Todd, who's kind of familiar with the team. And it's a new car is not the worst feeling in the world to go to cop after being in the truck series the past number of years. Right. So, well, with that being said, we are at the end of our hour. So, Richard, do you have anything to add before we get off the air? I don't think so. Okay. Well, then... I will uh, thank you both, Louise and Richard. I will thank the Hoobazoo Radio Network, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and iTunes. And I'll thank you folks that listen to us week in and week out. Join us next week when we will tell you who the Formula One champion is and have a full rundown from Abu Dhabi. And, um, and then after that, we'll probably have one more show to recap the year. Then we'll take our winter break. And then we'll see you. I'm uh, so looking forward to that one because he's got one more race for Mick Schumacher to get that point. <laughs> so, hold your breath. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, so anyway, so we are out of time. So uh, until next week, good night. W-H-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O-N-A-T-O-B-A-Z-O-O-N-A-T-O-B-A-Z-O-O-N-A-T-O-B-A-Z-O-O-N-A-T-O-B-A-Z-O-O-N-A-T